Welcome back inside to another edition of This Is Wrestling, a special bonus edition, changing things up a little bit. There's been so much happening in the wrestling world the last little bit, but we can't forget about C4 and the local scenes. So to help me cover C4 wrestling is a guy that's been to all the shows practically since the pandemic. Uh, it is our friend, the intern, Tanner Ryle. Tanner, always a pleasure to have you on, my friend. How are you doing? Oh, you know, I'd be I'd be doing a lot better if my best friend Lee was here. Oh, wow. Kind of missing him out. I know he's enjoying Italy, but it's hard yeah. to come on here, you know, without the the Shawn Michaels to my diesel, uh, if you will. I, I don't know. I think you're more Marty Jannetty than uh, Diesel. Oh, but hey, on. hey, nothing wrong with that. Marty Jannetty. I mean, Lee will disagree with this. Marty Jannetty was actually a very good wrestler. He just wasn't Shawn Michaels, you know, and a very, very sane human being. Too, <laughs> after I didn't after say that. Business, you know? I didn't say he was a sane human being. I just said he was a good wrestler. You know, yeah, we, uh, Facebook we all, page is something else. Yeah, that's uh, we try to avoid the Facebook page of uh, Marty Jannetty. <laughs> I, I saw that Dark Side of the Rain episode and uh, it was well done. It was well shot. I also just uh, try to forget sometimes uh, how uh, Marty has uh, come out afterwards but no it's uh it's good to have you on I, I it's good to have you on i again I, I know you've already set the tone early you're like oh where's lever sage and what's 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 he doing well i'll tell you this right now he's actually he's gone out of italy he's now in portugal he's Ooh. uh he's now enjoying the life in portugal we're going to talk about all that in the next episode of this is wrestling um but again uh with so much happening in the wrestling world we didn't want to get the c4 stuff lost especially with a big show like c4 held uh this past weekend and so we wanted to separate this out all the other talk we'll talk about kazuchika okada and everything going on uh, and you'll get into the the portuguese independent wrestling that's right in the next episode we're gonna break it down match by match and we're gonna go through all the holds and the spots in each of those who's your who's your favorite portuguese wrestler of all time Oh my God. My favorite Portuguese wrestler of all time. Uh, my catalog is very, very small of Portuguese wrestlers. <laughs> Had to put you on the spot. You there did. Show. I will say uh, a couple years ago when a kid was wrestling, I know he's not Portuguese. I believe he's Spanish. He's on Spain. Um, but there was a match he had with Zack Sabre Jr. I believe it, the promotion was called White Wolf Promotions or something like that. Uh, but there was a match that a kid had with Zack Sabre Jr. That was my first time seeing a kid now in uh, NXT, I believe he scripts is the gimmick now in NXT. Right. Um, I just looked up Portuguese wrestlers and for some reason, just incredible popped up. But then when I hit enter, he disappeared. So I don't think that one is true. <laughs> I, uh, I don't think uh, just incredible was born in uh, Portugal, <laughs> but Shauna S H A. Oh, Shauna. I remember AEW. Yeah, that's right. Um, I forgot about her. She just kind of disappeared. Okay. Yeah, she just kind of disappeared and after yeah. uh, her AEW stint. I was gonna say I don't I don't remember seeing her for for at least a while. <laughs> I uh, I I remember when Cody Rhodes was doing the uh, uh oh what was that web series now? It's a it's a phrase he's been saying forever, um since he left WWE. But uh, finish the story? Well, not not that one. That's a different <laughs> one. Uh, I've I've certainly been said a lot about that uh, story, quote unquote. That's been happening so far, but uh, he had like a web series. He had Shauna on and I remember it was actually a pretty interesting interview about her immigrating and and uh, trying to get acclimated in the wrestling scene. And then uh, uh, just as quickly as she appeared, she left AEW and I have not heard from her since. I don't know if she's still working independence. I assume she is, but uh, yeah, 
Well, there you go. This is a segment that the no, no, no. Lee's gonna come and talk about her next week. That's right, of course. She's yeah, yeah. tearing up the Portuguese independent wrestling scene. Right, right, of course. Yeah, he's going to every match, and uh, I'm sure he's uh, Shauna versus time. Just Incredible in the main event. That's right. That's exactly what's happening there. Uh, so that's what we call a tease for the next episode. Uh, Lee is going to break down everything going on in Portugal. Uh, but until then, until we break down the Portuguese scene, let's talk about the auto wrestling scene. Let's get things uh, going right away with what's happening to C4 and a big start to the year for C4. A sold out show once again at the event center, the Preston event center. Uh, and I believe we were talking off air and they were talking about just how many people have filled up. And I know Ali, you were telling me Ali uh, was saying that uh, it was uh, the most that C4 has ever had. I assume that meant post pandemic, but we'll, we'll kind of break into that uh, more in a bit, but uh, obviously great to see that the local scene really came out uh, for this uh, big time appearance from Mustafa Ali. Just he, you know, he came out on Twitter, social media. He had the, the video come out about his big world tour that he was doing and he was announcing dates left and right. And I think that was a great execution on his part to kind of get his name out there and get people talking about him and get some buzz on the independent scene. And uh, it's led to, at least in the case uh, for Ottawa, uh, a sold out show. For sure. And I mean, I'm not going to take credit for anything here because okay. I, I would be wrong with me. Okay. But the day Mustafa Ali was released from the WWE, I went onto Twitter and I tagged C4 and I was like, get this man. And I don't care who he wrestles. Yeah. If, if it's junior, if it's hot stepper, if it's Blackwood, if it's Von Vertigo, the match we got, I don't care. I just want, I want him in C4 because I feel like, you know, we all kind of have those like undercard guys that we've got a soft spot for like over the years. And in the WWE, Mustafa Ali was one of my guys. I was always pulling for him. Um, I think since the CWC, to be honest, that was kind of my introduction to him. And I just, he seems like a real genuine guy too. I've like read a lot of interviews of his and heard him on podcasts and stuff. Just seems like a good dude. He can really go love his matches, like his stuff with buddy Murphy. Um, yeah, I, I was really pulling for uh, him to do a lot more in the WWE, but really looking forward to what he's going to do now. I think he's going to go on quite the tear on the independence, uh, put up some big matches. I mean, there's already the, the opponents that were coming out, like within hours, I think of his non-compete expiring the, the amount of graphics I saw. It's like, Oh, he's wrestling Mike Bailey in here. Oh, he's coming to, to, uh, to Canada and doing the three show tour and we're getting Von Vertigo and C4. Like, it's awesome. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, it was really cool to see. And, and again, I think it goes back to some uh, excellent execution on his part to get his name out there. And uh, let's talk about that match. Let's start off hot. Let's talk about uh, uh, your thoughts, obviously, being there in the building. Uh, just talk about the environment, first of all, and then kind of break down the match, what you kind of saw and and what you took away from uh, Mustafa Ali. Again, first couple of uh, bookings that he's taken. I know he was in France to start off and now making his way to Canada, now working in the U.S. Uh, just break that down, that match between he and Von Vertigo. Yeah, I mean, first of all, just the atmosphere in that building was insane. The Preston is always loud, but... As they mentioned, at least biggest crowd since the pandemic. They claimed biggest crowd ever. I don't know what context was given to that, but impressive nonetheless. I actually saw online, I believe C4, they sold out like a week before, a few days before. Yeah. And you know, usually like if there's a sellout, it's the day of. It's like right then and there. I think C4 actually went to the venue and asked permission just to let a few more people in there so they could have a few tickets available at the door. So shout out to the Preston Event Center for letting a few more people see some good wrestling but 
that crowd was hot and you could tell how many people were there for Ali. He got a, a pretty good reaction coming out, but like once his match was over, cause he wasn't the main event, he was, I think towards the, the top of the second half of the show. So just after the intermission sort of, uh, but everyone stuck around after no one was in a rush to get out of there. They wanted to stick around and uh, see the title matches later on and such, but yeah. So they put him up against Von Vertigo. Wasn't the guy I was predicting that they were going to pick as the, the matches started rolling out, but I thought it was a really good choice. As you look at Vertigo, he's a lot like Ali, similar style. He's a, a faster, younger guy, uh, smaller, quicker, uh, someone that would mesh up well with Ali. You know, a guy that, say, if the WWE Cruiserweight Classic was happening today, I think would probably be considered for it as maybe a representation of Canada. It's a good young guy on the scene. Um, so I thought it was a really cool matchup. I, I really liked it. Um, going into it, there was a lot of chain wrestling, a lot of back and forths, some kicks. They were flying over each other. We got some dives to the outside, some springboards. It was all, it was crazy. But uh, there was some sort of moment in the matchup. I didn't catch it because it happened on the other side of the ring. Uh, but something happened with Vertigo and he hurt his arm. I don't know whether this was a work or legit, but uh, he messed it up, was favoring it pretty heavily throughout the matchup. They started working it. So I don't know if that was a plan or they just started doing it on the fly, um, but it was great to see nice, nice pace for the matchup. And uh, Ali ended up hitting a big 450 and transitioned into like an arm submission hold and tapped Vertigo out that way. And uh, he did pick up the mic afterwards as well and kind of thank everyone for coming out, saying that it's not about him. You know, it's about C4. It's about coming together for wrestling, all that sort of stuff. And it was also about Vertigo and showcasing him. Uh, put him over in a big way saying like, Hey, like we got to enjoy this guy while he's here because he's not going to be here for long and just called him a hell of a worker. And, you know, tell, said like, uh, I heard your bone pop. I can tell that you effed up your arm in that matchup and you still finished it. So that shows you got a lot of heart kid and uh, kind of let vertigo take the ring. So re really, really good matchup. That's cool. That's really cool that he would do that. And, uh, you know, there for those that aren't aware as well, even before this match was announced, even before Mustafa Ali hit the scene uh, afterwards, after being released from WWE, uh, he had done like a Twitter thing where he wanted to see what other wrestlers were doing. And Vaughn had sent in a video because uh, Vaughn, if for those that have not checked out his social media, or like whether it be Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, whatnot, he does these really well-produced promos, like really, really well-produced promos. I believe he's got some, he has to have some sort of videography background <laughs> in order to be able to do that. Cause uh, you could tell they're so well-produced. Uh, I remember when there was a, a wrestling show that came by in Port Hope close to where I'm at. And it was Carrie Morton, the son of Ricky Morton taking on Von Vertigo for the NWA junior heavyweight championship. And Vaughn put together this great little video package talking about how he's from the Port Hope area. And this is a chance for him to go after the title against Kerry Morton in front of his hometown crowd. It was like your classic underdog babyface going up against the heel. Uh, and so he's always done a great job of that. And you can tell in that social media interaction as well that Mustafa Ali was really impressed with it. So I don't want to speak for Mark too much, the creator and booker of C4 wrestling, but I imagine that also was something kind of in the back of his head when he was uh, putting together this matchup, having the opportunity to have Mustafa Ali on the show, uh, that uh, that would be something that they could play off that previous history and, and work it into the match. So 
Yeah, it was, and I remember uh, Vertigo did have a promo up for this matchup too, and I think he yep. specifically mentioned like Ali kind of sharing him around, and that really opened up like a lot of doors for him, mm-hmm. and that let him like go work a couple of indies over uh, overseas in Europe. So a nice little bit of history there between those two. I'm sure it meant a lot to Vertigo to actually get like a chance to work with the guy who opened those doors for him in a way. Yep, by, by sharing that video around, mm-hmm. that helps uh, as well in terms of. Uh, Obviously, it's it's good to put on the resume when you get these higher caliber of opponents as well, uh, especially guys that have worked in at the big stage in WWE and uh, it gets that sort of rub. And I know that uh, Vaughn, as you mentioned, it worked over in Europe. I believe he worked for WXW for a bit. I know he worked for ICW. Um, so uh, really cool stuff. And uh, I'm glad to hear the match went really well and and it was well received. Um, any other thoughts about, uh, kind of Mustafa Ali coming in? Uh, did you ever, did you have any interactions with him after the show or was it just one of those deals where he kind of popped in, did his match and then, uh, just kind of left? Yeah. So he didn't do like the, the signing and all that at the intermission, like most of the guys do, but he did do it afterwards. There was quite a big lineup for it. Um, I didn't end up going, I had to kind of take off. It was getting pretty late. Uh, but there seemed to be a, a big appetite for it. And he was taking a lot of pictures and doing stuff like that. Uh, smiling the entire time from what I saw. I know he's a pretty humble guy. So yeah. I'm sure all those interactions went very well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just great matchup. Really great to see Ali here. I'd, I'd love to see him back. I think it would be awesome. Not counting on it, of course, because I know he's going to be very in demand, I would imagine, over the next couple of months. But really great. Great for Vertigo as well. I think him and Gabriel Fuerza have really taken a step up over the past year or so at C4 since they were kind of forced to break up uh, for this entire season. Um, and we'll get to Ferris's matchup too, because I think he probably had the match of the night in my opinion mm-hmm. um, later on, but yeah, really great for vertigo. Uh, great to have Mustafa Ali here in, uh, in Ottawa. For sure. We'll keep a pin on that in the Fuerza uh, match. Cause I had also heard from other people that were there that uh, it was an incredible matchup, but uh, really cool to see. It's always good to see, you know, big time names coming in through C4 and, and, I know Mark has stated before in other interviews that uh, he wants to be able to give the guys in Canada a chance to work with some of the bigger names and kind of get their names out there. So really cool to see that. Uh, Let's talk about the main event, I assume, which was for the C4 championship, the first title defense for Junior Benito, and he takes on Munjay Lee. And uh, from what I saw... Uh, I saw clips coming out of it. I saw a certain spot that I'm sure that uh, you you and I will discuss here in a moment, but uh, a very different matchup, I think, than what people were expecting. I know the C4 championship, it's uh, no count out, no disqualification, but with these two guys, with the styles that they usually wrestle, I think it was kind of a surprise what that matchup ended up being. Yeah, so it was definitely like a babyface versus babyface matchup. Two guys that... uh I think in most of their C4 matches, you see them working against a more established guy because these two are so young. Um, so it's just really great throwing the two the two young guys here on the scene into the main event spot and letting them kind of go at it. And it was quite physical. Uh, that extreme stipulation definitely came into to play. So I imagine the spot you're talking about is the one I'm thinking of. And yeah. it was a gnarly bump to say the least. Uh, but yeah, this kind of came about uh, from the last show. Um, young Jay Lee won, if I recall, I think it was the the 10 man rumble or no sorry vertigo won that and young jay lee won a four-way i believe at the last show yep uh to earn the right for uh for this whereas benito just won the title from blackwood so his first title defense um, there was a bit of history between those two that i didn't realize at first as well uh dates back to actually one of my first shows at c4 post pandemic uh, i believe it was fighting back 
And it was Young Jay Lee's first matchup in C4 one on one with Junior Benito. Mm. Full circle is what you're saying. Completely full circle on the undercard in uh, Young Jay Lee's debut against Benito. And then here he is challenging him for the title as his first challenger to step up. Love it. And again, I, I've been, I, I really got to give credit to Mark in terms of his ability to book uh, Junior the way that he's built him up on, on the card. And he's established himself as like a legitimate main eventer in that, uh, in that C4 crowd. And uh, I think that's, again, a testament to, and you don't really see that too much on the independence nowadays where you got a guy that kind of, you naturally book up your card to get to a main. There there's indies that certainly do that, but it's not very prominent. So it is really cool to see, especially in, in, in this case, our local indie, uh, be able to do that. And you kind of follow the path in, in the case of a junior Benito. Um, I'll say this. I recently submitted a, a top 10 list for a website. Uh, and I put on the junior Benito, Kevin Blackwood match. I went and watched it and I put it on cause I thought it was number one, a very good match, but also I wanted to put it on to kind of give kudos to uh, the ability of Mark and, and the crew at C4 and obviously junior as well, being able to take it upon himself to take that ball and run with it and now be kind of one of the faces of the organization of, of C4, a local guy that you could cheer and you know could really do something in the area. Um, so I put that match on in my top 10 because I felt like that deserved some kudos. Uh, because again, not a lot of independents do that where a lot of the times it's like, we're going to put these matches together um, and we're going to put put together these really good matches. We're going to have a fun show. And that's great. You know, especially if you're not running every month or uh, you know, you ru- run once every four months or whatever. Um, I think that's a really, I, I think it really is a testament to Mark and his ability to book. So kind of getting back into the match. Uh, let's talk about that spot. Uh, chairs stacked up yeah. one one against each other. We've seen it uh, that spot a couple of times on TV where a guy lands on his back uh, through the the top part of the chairs, if uh, that makes any sense. And uh, boy, that spot was uh, quite something. That was one that I saw shared around, and I think it kind of caught some people off guard. Uh, the the lengths that these two were willing to go to uh, put on a great performance. Yeah, I mean that, that spot was incredible. Uh, first of all, it was Young Jay Lee who kind of brought the chairs in and got the the one more chair chant going every time he brought another one in. And uh, just to paint a picture for the for the good listener, it was like four chairs on the bottom, and I think it went up to two, and then another one. So it was a chair pyramid. And uh, these two got up, and Benito superplexed uh, Young Jay Lee right onto the pile. And you can see both of them just recoil immediately, like their backs <laughs> have got to be killing them. Right. I actually went over to Benito after the match and he's like, oh my God, my back is killing me. Like that. <laughs> that was one of the worst bumps I've ever taken. I'm never doing that again. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's the, uh, how the match did finish. So they didn't have to keep going for another 10 minutes, uh, thank God. But uh, crazy, like the, the height that they got, first of all, on that. And then the sound it made, the chairs flying out in every direction. It was it was crazy. I don't know how they do it, but yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, it was insane. Sometimes you just don't even have to think about it. You're just going to go do it. That's uh, how a lot of the wrestlers sort of think. And then once they do it, they're like, oh, well, that bump kind of sucks. But uh, at least we did it. We got the pop. So uh, but o- overall, what did you think of the match as a main event? And uh, obviously a successful title defense for Junior Benito. Yeah, just really back and forth matchup, to be honest here. Uh, you didn't really have like an underdog by any means. It was just a a, a classic sort of baby face, baby face matchup. Um, a lot of high spots. Uh, they got the doors involved, of course. Mm. 
Uh, I believe Benito was trying to like powerbomb him or superplex him through it. And I think it was uh, young Jay Lee that did the cross body spot to the outside and the, the door was like draped between the ring and some of the chairs. I believe young Jay Lee got busted open a little bit too on the lip. Um, mm-hmm. So he looked pretty gnarly with that, uh, but really, really solid matchup. They got all their spots in. Benito did his big like superplex from the top. Um, young Jay Lee was flying all over the place. Uh, it was an insane match. I don't even know what more to say, but yeah, the suplex, the superplex spot was just the cherry on top that really took it to the next level. The uh, chair re on top. You could say, Hey, hey. I see what you did there. That wasn't even on purpose. Yeah. It's uh, I, I, uh, I got you there. I got you there. I'll, I'll, I'll throw in the dad jokes and I'll, and I'll get the groans and the cringing uh, from the audience for you. Don't worry. Um, Let's talk about an independent tag team dream match. And I know that, term dream match kind of gets thrown around sometimes and people don't think it is but uh i think in this case when you look at e- so i'm talking about evil uno Stu grace and taking on violences forever right. of kevin cooley and dominic greeny um you know we've we've seen the debate about what is a dream match i could go back to last year when they announced kenny omega versus vikingo and it was being promoted as a dream match and people were like oh how's that a dream match you know blah 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 but I think in this case, it definitely is a dream match because you've got a, a team and Uno and, and Grayson that uh, even before AEW was going out there, having tremendous matches in Chikara and um, other promotion, obviously uh, a bit of PWG as well. Um, and you look at violences forever, who is arguably one of, if not the top tag team in the independent scene. I think you kind of look at all that and you kind of put it together. And as an independent uh, tag team dream match, I think it totally fits the billing. Um, And it was quite interesting as well because uh, they wrestled each other again uh, for deadlock the next night. Uh, So I guess uh, from your perspective, your vantage point, uh, Tanner being able to see that match live, uh, did they uh, meet your expectations when it comes to a tag team dream match? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, this is, this is a dream match. There's no way to beat around that. I think violence is forever is the best unsigned tag team on the, in the world right now. And I think it's only a matter of time before we're not going to be able to see them every month at C4. And this is just a match that I think had to happen in C4. I mean, you look at Uno and Grayson, two of like the pillars of this promotion, they're running the school just across the river in Gatineau. (laughs) And I mean, they don't even team up that much anymore either. Right. So it was kind of nice to see them back together and yeah, it was great to, that C4 was kind of the first to do it, beating Deadlock by a day. <laughs> I'm not sure how the match went for uh, for them, but I can speak from the C4 perspective that it lived up to the expectations. And you know what you're getting with those those two teams. I mean, super, super over. Uh, Violence is forever coming out to Zombie by the Cranberries, gets the crowd singing every single time. Um, Uno and Grayson came out separately, but... I didn't really see it as a problem. They're both super over, got big reactions. Mm-hmm. Um, start off the match, it was kind of some chants going around. Uh, they shook hands. It was a very like friendly thing. There wasn't a heel in this or anything. And uh, the chants went from uh, sexy Uno, <laughs> sexy Stew. Makes sense. Sexy Koo. There you go. And sexy dumps. <laughs> wow. There you go. And they we're all taking turns, you know, twerking and gyrating the hips and stuff. <laughs> I wish day, uh... was a... Uh, I wish Surge was ref in this match because I think oh. we could have got like a sexy Surge in there. But Ooh, uh, that could have been something. They had a they had a new female referee, so I don't think the C four crowd is going to go quite that far. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that could have tugged some collars there. But uh, are you telling me we had like our four modern day ravishing Rick Rudes in the ring? Is that what happened here with the chance? 
pretty much yeah just went <laughs> back and forth between all four of them the crowd was super into it i mean you know what you're getting with these four it was also like right off the intermission i believe so the crowd was super hot ready to get back into it mm-hmm. and uh yeah a lot of great tag team maneuvers in this match um you got like uno doing his classic hand the kick off to the referee and kind of duck out of there um both teams going for their big moves you got the door coming in as well uh but it did come down to grayson i believe pinning kevin Koo. So Stu Grayson and Eva Luno picking up the win here. Not sure how their match went in a deadlock, but one to know, at least for now between mm-hmm. these two teams. My guess is based on what I've heard about AEW talents and where they're always supposed to pick up the victories. I imagine it was another victory as well uh, in deadlock, but I could be wrong again. I, d- I also did not see the deadlock match. I just did notice as well that uh, deadlock did book them uh, for their wrestling match. Uh, for the wrestling show rather so yeah it's uh i saw this match booked i'm like oh man i can't believe i'm missing that match i uh i i that was a match that i i was really looking forward to so i'm glad to hear it uh lived up to the hype uh in your eyes and yeah it's uh it's it i look at this card again and going through it's like man there's a lot to talk about uh i'll give you the choice here do you want to talk about the c4 underground title match uh the other a title match here, or do you want to talk about what you said was your match of the night? I think we got to go match of the night. All right, we'll go match of the night. Tell me what it is. Well, uh, we talked about Vertigo already. Forza, his former fighter flight tag team. I guess they're still a tag team, just not in C4 because they're suspended. Uh, taking on Gringo Loco. And I mean, just taking a look at these two um, squaring up against each other just on paper, you can tell that it was going to be a fast paced one. Um, I love Gringo Luko and uh, Stu Grayson a couple months ago in C4. I, I think that was the show you were at. That, yep. uh, they tore the house down. That I remember. I still remember that German spot of Grayson just chucking him and Gringo Loco, like landing on his feet and doing another flip. It, <laughs> it was crazy. I've never seen Gringo Loco wrestle. You gotta, you gotta see him. But same with Gabriel Forza, because uh, again, he's taken a big step the last couple of months. Uh, they had, I think the the spot that stood out to me the most happened on the apron uh, right in front of me. That was second row, right, right behind where this happened. Um, Gringo Loco had Farza up in the electric chair and just in a span of like two, like a, a second and a half, not even, spun him around into a powerbomb and did a sit-out powerbomb on the apron oh, of the geez. ring. Ouch. Crazy spot. <laughs> For a half second, I thought he was about to powerbomb him and throw him right into the third row. Oh, man. Jeez, but that, that like one got uh, got quite the chant, quite the reaction. Yeah, I'd imagine so. Jeez. Yeah, very hard hitting matchup. I think they got doors involved again. We had some chairs getting involved, but super fast paced again. This it's two very quick flippy guys wrestling. What more can you ask for? <laughs> you mean you mean to tell me this is a match full of really cool looking moves and really cool looking moves look cool and people like really cool looking moves? Exactly. I mean, I don't even know how else to describe it, I but uh, it. the finish came down to Fuerza hitting like a springboard, like an Oz cutter, like Will Osprey would hit springboard off the ropes into yep. the cutter. And then a, a standing shooting star. Oh, wow. There you go. So impressive finish there. Gabriel Fuerza are getting the win over uh, Gringo Loco. Good stuff. Sound like a hell of a match. I could tell you, I, it was interesting. So I did have, uh, I did have a couple of people who went to the show for the first time, actually reach out to me. Um, and I asked for their thoughts. And uh, this was the match that they were talking about as well. The Gringo Loco versus Gabriel Fuerza match. They were buzzing about and uh, so I'm interested to see if I could catch replay of uh, C4, the Revenant. Uh, that's uh, how that match kind of came out on film, because just hearing from the live perspective 
and how people reacted to it. It, it sounded like it was a, a hell of a watch. Yeah, it was. It was just one of those matches where I, I couldn't even look down to take a note because there was just something happening constantly. But of course, we can give them a little promo here. It's a uh, streaming on Tuesday on oh, IWTV if you want to catch it. There you go. <laughs> Mark, uh, pay up if uh, for this uh, promo. That's what I'm going to say. Oh, we're going to get called C4 shills now. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> is that, right. We're, is that we'll, possible? Yeah, well, I mean, we Dave gets called an AEW shill and Others get called being WWE shills. Let's, uh, you know, what? I'd be proud to be called a C4 shill. Uh, well, <laughs> I, 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 uh, I try to avoid the shill, uh, <laughs> label uh, tag. I, so. I try, but, to, if it's going to be a company, I'd rather be C4. That's true. There you go. Well, I, I try to, I try to keep it as uh, neutral as I can and I'm biased, but, uh, I hear it from folks from both sides of the, uh, wrestling war spectrum, if you want to call it. Uh, that tell me when my opinions suck. So uh, one side more than the other, but I will keep that uh, up to the imagination yeah. what that is. One but, person uh, on this show more than the other. Well, like your takes. <laughs> yeah, there is certainly one person that lets me know that they disagree with the takes. Uh, in fact, I, I, I talk with that person at least once every week on uh, This Is Wrestling. So yeah uh spoiler alert it's not tanner isle uh shocking takes are so bad you made him run away to portugal that's and make right. me do the show <laughs> that's right exactly you gotta get the hot tag in you're you're tagging in and getting yourself fired up you know so but uh no it's uh no it, it, it is cool to hear that the that the matchup was uh was was really good and uh you know again i i i always uh really like the shows that c4 put on so for sure. Um, we got to mention like Gringo's becoming a bit more of a regular as well. I think yeah. at C4, he seems to be there. I'd say like every other month at this point, which is really great to see a bit more of an established indie guy who's working like the GCWs and stuff like that. Um, it's really great to have him give that, that younger guy another spot to work with an established performer. Yeah. As uh, you mentioned earlier on with Mustafa Ali. Yeah, exactly. And Gringo's a really good wrestler. I know he wrestled last year, I believe on one of the undercards for AEW in terms of like, I don't, I don't think dark was still around at that point, but you know what I mean? I think he worked during of honor taping. I think I do remember he had like a cup of coffee with AEW. And yeah. Honor. Yeah. And uh, so that's a really good performer. Uh, he's consistently one of the better in ring guys on the independent scene. And uh, he's a fun watch. So as you mentioned, it is cool to see him go out there and uh, be uh, a tremendous performer for other promotions. So, uh, let's talk about the C4 Underground title match. Alexia Nicole versus James Stone. Brent Banks and Chris Stara. Uh, Alexia Nicole defending her championship here. Uh, tell me how that match went. Uh, I assume James Stone kind of got his story continued on here uh, in the match as well. Um, but tell me uh, how that four-way went and uh, your thoughts on it. Yeah, for sure. So this all a little bit, I guess, half the match with uh, with Stone and Banks kind of stems from last month. I believe they were part of that multi-man that um, Young J. Lee won to get this opportunity at Junior Benito. Mm-hmm. And uh, throughout that matchup, uh, Stone and Banks just couldn't get off of each other. And so they had a big pull-apart brawl at the end of it. So throwing them in here, getting the underground title, getting Kristara mixed in there as well, who's been on the rise, I'll say for sure, in C4 like the last year or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Alexina Nicole has just been an incredible champion already and not a terribly long reign, but putting on performance after performance that we keep saying like, why isn't she signed yet? Yeah. And uh, another one here tonight, but uh, James Stone and Brent Banks were the first two out. Uh, Brent Banks kind of getting some heat from the crowd saying, you finally picked up your phone <laughs> again, <laughs> <laughs> pointing right at a guy in the first row. So yeah. that kind of, that kind of popped me. I won't lie. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. I love that. <laughs> uh, but James Stone kind of got on the mic beforehand and was like, you know, 
was kind of like a new year, new me thing. Like wanted to to get even with Brent Banks and and kind of put that behind them because he he respects Brent Banks a hell of a lot more than other guys in the back at C4. And I thought this was maybe a setup, but at the same time, Stone actually didn't come out with uh, Vanessa Craven, who's been his regular manager for the last couple of months. And uh, they shook hands. All seemed fine. And it looked like we were going to get a nice clean matchup to start. Kristar and Alexia Nicole come down, um, get into the ring, of course. And as the match starts, the two girls kind of leave. And again, Banks and Stone, they shake hands. They kind of have a good, solid one-on-one back and forth a little bit. And, you know, then as one comes down, someone else comes in. It's your typical four-way. A lot of uh, one-on-one matchups kind of mixed in and then changing out partners and doing the big multi-man spots. I'll say a a big spot of the night, I think, for me was that classic sort of multi-man Tower of Doom where you've got the one guy suplexing two people. And uh, it was James Stone who was suplexing both Kristara and Brent Banks. But Alexi Nicole came in and grabbed him by the legs and held James Stone up, like full-on deadlifted James Stone up and was carrying him there, which it's just impressive. I mean, James Stone's a big dude. Yes. I, I guarantee well over 200 pounds and Alexi Nicole's just carrying him like he's absolutely nothing and then dropping him back. Yeah. So that was really cool. Yeah. No, it's uh, I, I say it every podcast and I'm going to say it again. Like I believe Alexi Nicole is one of, if not one of the, the best female talent that's out there. I think she's very, very good. And uh, I think the scene is better locally for her being in it. Uh, but I will say, keep an eye on Kristar as well in terms of getting more bookings and getting more, uh, recognition sure. uh she's part of uh the iws dojo graduates that uh there's some really good uh uh women coming out of the iws dojo as well that's uh you're gonna see some more bookings coming from uh them so and chris star is very very good a lot of people really like I, i've called a couple of her matches as well and she's gonna get some more recognition as uh, i mean she's uh people. she's holding gold i believe in acclaim right now yes another audible promotion i'm not sure which title i haven't been to one of their shows yet but i think like their mid card i want to say like the provincial championship maybe she's holding but i will uh, search that up while you fill for sure but yeah really great four-way matchup between these guys uh stone ended up going to the outside and bringing a chair in and brent banks didn't appreciate that very much because it was kind of the hey i thought you were uh you kind of changed and the two of them just ended up going at it, I guess, after the matchup, but, uh, Alexi Nicole did win by uh, pinning Kristara. And after the match, Brent Banks and James stone, once again, pushing turns into slaps, turns into one guy tackling the other down punches being thrown another pull apart brawl. So I guess, uh, next month we may look for a bit of a, a stipulation matchup perhaps to settle the score between those two. I like it. I like it. I, I can't see, find anything about uh who the uh, title holders are for a claim but i know she wrestles at a claim a lot so for sure um, for sure but she but again she's somebody that uh Christara will get uh, quite a few bookings and so alexia nicole retains her title uh and uh all that kind of resonating out of the match itself um let's talk about uh, some of the other matchups here uh frankie the mobster versus mccray martin uh the hot stepper uh i guess uh, your quick thoughts on that for sure. Uh, really great matchup. Uh, I, I really love Frankie the Mobster since he's come back a couple months ago. That was kind of my introduction to him. Just the character work. Like he's he's just so funny. Like plugging one of his nostrils and just shooting snot rockets across and you can just hear the whole crowd going like, oh, like what? <laughs> uh, but yeah, him and McCray going at it. This kind of stems to the whole Twiggy feud that's been going on for the better part of 
uh, two-ish years with him, Matthew St. Jacques, Thomas Dubois, Ben Tull, and bringing in Frankie, Frankie the Mobster most recently against, uh, I guess, pretty well all the faces on the C4 roster, McCray Martin included. And yeah, just kind of stemming from that, uh, pretty back and forth. As you can imagine, a bit of a David Goliath sort of scenario here with uh, the size of Frankie the Mobster. I mean, that guy's just built. I, I compare him most to, I think, like Brian Cage. For, yeah. for those who haven't seen him yet, it's just abs on top of abs. <laughs> yeah. But uh, quite the back and forth. Uh, McCray Martin did end up hitting a big move. I don't remember off the top of my head. Didn't write it down, but had a, a near fall where Twiggy pulled the ref out. Oh, sorry. Say that. Involved. Say that name one more time. Who, who's, Twiggy, who's that? your best friend, Twiggy, Zach, uh, your favorite wrestler in the world. Oh, no, not not that guy. I thought we were done with that guy. But Zach, you might have a new favorite referee in the world. OK, as Kyle Joseph turned around. Oh, Kyle. <laughs> Kyle Joseph. Kyle Joseph. The man with two first names. out of the arena. Wow. Twiggy was that? banned from ringside. And if he uh, didn't stay gone, then uh, Frankie the Mobster was going to be disqualified. Mm, gotcha. So that kind of upped the ante a bit. Uh, McCray Martin looked great. He pulled this one move. It was like a roll up. And then he deadlifted Frankie the Mobster all the way up and hit a big German. And uh, that was pretty well what got the win there. It was a sorry, it was a roll up into a deadlift into a power bomb, not the German. Oh wow! So a big sit out power bomb, oh, rolled man. up, picked him all the way up, and I mean Frankie the Mobster is a big dude. So McCray Martin being able to do that was pretty impressive. Yeah, uh, planted him big sit out power bomb for the one two three. There you go. Yeah, McCray is another guy to keep an eye out on uh, on the scene oh, for sure. Yeah, he's. Uh, uh, you know, we tried to tease it on the show when we interviewed a junior. Could could we potentially see him in a title match in the future? I mean, we saw it full circle with Myung Jae Lee and, and Junior Benito where they had their title match. And I wouldn't rule it out, depending on how long this uh, title reign goes for Junior, where we would eventually get a uh, McCray Martin versus Junior Benito match. I think that would uh, do uh, do draw some interest, I guess, is uh, what I'm looking to say. And uh yeah, that, those two as well. They continue to make a name for themselves. Talking about McCray and Junior as a fresh sure. air. The tag we, we got to get that match. It's got to be coming. And like, I think it's wide open right now for who could step up to Junior next month. There's not yep. like a number one contender. Uh, Von Vertigo, they kind of teased that. He won the fighting back rumble. Uh, but sense. then was kind of, he was kind of upset that he got pulled from this uh, matchup and not getting the shot. I guess, you know, he probably feels a little better now that he got to wrestle uh, Mustafa Ali. But yeah. Um, I guess bar depending that uh, that arm injury, if that was legitimate or not. Um, right. Hopefully he's all right. Yeah, if it was anything serious. But <laughs> yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to where they go with Junior next, where they go with McCray next, Vertigo. Yeah, everybody on this card. Yeah, they've set up uh, uh, some some possibilities for what could be uh, upcoming. Uh, any other matches on the card? I know there's a couple more that uh, we have to get through, but uh, anything to note uh, some of the other undercard matches? Yeah, for sure. We could talk about uh, stick with your your good buddy Twiggy there because he had a his his buddies had another matchup later on in the night with uh, Matthew Saint Jacques and Ben Tull uh, taking on Josh Bishop and Isaiah Broner. A lot of meat in this match. Big meaty men slapping meat. Yeah, big meaty men slapping meat. I mean, there's got to be close to a thousand pounds of muscle there in the ring between the four of those guys, right? <laughs> Easily. And yeah, as, as you could expect, it was a Haas fight. They were, as usual with the, the Twiggy and his goons matchups, all over the arena. There's guys brawling behind you by the merch stand. There's guys in the ring. Doors are flying everywhere. Chairs are flying everywhere. Bodies are flying everywhere. It's it's what you get to, you come to expect now from sort of the, the C4 style of, of how they do their, their wrestling. 
There you go. Uh, any other matches uh, as well? I, I know there. Uh, London Lightning was in the match as well. Another for sure. Uh, uh, I should, I guess, give the result of that one. <laughs> yeah, uh, I know London Lightning was in a match as well. Uh, I uh, I didn't see what that match on the card was, but I know that he was in action. For sure. Uh, let me just finish up on the other one there. Uh, sure, Matthew yeah. Saint Jock and Ben Tull did get the win there. Yep. Uh, but I guess a little bit more um, significant was after the matchup, uh, Twiggy came back out because this was after he was uh, thrown out earlier on, and uh, they attacked Kyle Joseph and started beating on the referee. Mm-hmm. Uh, they wrapped the chair around his ankle and did the the spot from the top rope and jumped on it. And it uh, got to the point where Steven had to come down and kind of get up in Twiggy's face. And uh, it came down to Twiggy being suspended indefinitely. Ah, oh, yes. Finally, some justice is served here, Tanner. Got quite the reaction as well. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh. That's some great news to hear about Twiggy. That's some great news. I'm glad. I'm glad that uh, finally some sort of punishment is being laid down. So uh, good to hear about that. Yeah, I'm sure he will not be at the next show. <laughs> oh, but, I'm uh, sure. Yeah, he, he yeah, won't find his way in. Cool. He, won't, he won't find his way I out. know the security at C4 is top notch where they will not allow any sort of uh, trespassing to happen into the show. I mean, they let you in, so they didn't well, let anybody. I, I in bought there. my ticket. I bought my ticket. I was a good model citizen. I was a good model uh, a goer of professional wrestling. How dare you insinuate that I would try and trespass and try and get myself into the into the crowd? That's a that that's some dirty tactics from a team lever sage member right there. Oh, uh, I couldn't resist. You walked right <laughs> into it. What can I say? <laughs> But yeah, two other matches. You mentioned London Lightning there. So there's a bit of a multi-man that he was involved in, uh, kind of stemming from the tag team matchup last month, which was Triple Dragon, your C4 tag team champions, Puff and Pretty Ricky. Uh, last month, they defended against Sexy Beasts, mm-hmm. uh, which is Animal Bob, Animal Bob Anger, bit of a tongue twister there, <laughs> and Sexy Eddie, kind of a friendly matchup last month. Uh, the champs ended up retaining, and then Sexy Eddie turned heel on his former buddies in Triple Dragon. Leading into this month, um, which was a eight-man tag team matchup, uh, Sexy Beasts and Australian Takeover, a tag team I was unfamiliar with going in. They're pretty good. One of them had a one of them was pretty charismatic, so I enjoyed uh, his sort of jabs at the crowd. I'm, I'm a sucker for a good heel. Mm-hmm. Um, taking on Triple Dragon, uh, Puff and Pretty Ricky once again, the reigning tag team champions. Our guy London Lightning mm-hmm. and uh, Sway Archer. And now with London, there's one thing. I meant to bring up last pod because I know Lee made a really big deal out of uh, Haley Dillon's shirt about mm-hmm. the junior Benito sucks. Yeah. London lightning has got a great t-shirt. I don't know if you've seen this thing yet. Uh, is this, is this the PWI 501 yeah. shirt? Yeah. That's a great shirt. It's great. <laughs> PWI number 501. Yes. Uh, he's the one that got outside the PWI 500. That is a good little gimmick. I, I like that. The, that London is doing this gets uh, that's a good little gimmick. For sure. And he's certainly one to look out for, I think, in the coming months on C4. Um, hoping he gets put in one of those one-on-one spots that we see, like, where's uh, in, in on this on this card with a bit of a more established guy. I'm really looking forward to his rise more. But uh, this A-Man tag match, it was, you know, a little bit on the goofy side. Of course, you got Puff in there. So you, you get what you're what you're kind of expecting with him. Mm-hmm. But pretty back and forth. Uh, Sexy Eddie wasn't really holding back at all. No, no love lost between those those two. I wouldn't or expect sexy Eddie to hold hold back, to be honest. So, <laughs> no, he 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 left it all out in the ring. Ah, I I, I see what you're picking. Uh, well, I'm picking up what you're putting down here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, but sexy beasts actually did get the win here. 
So I think I, I might smell a tag team championship matchup perhaps coming up down the line. Mm-hmm. I like it. Um, any other matches here, uh, Tanner, before we start to wrap things up? Uh, oh, one more we got one more. to touch on. That was the opening matchup, a bit of a fallout from the C4 championship match last month with mm-hmm. uh, Junior Benito defeating Kevin Blackwood. Uh, Haley Dillon and Kevin Blackwood taking on Lufisto and Cecil Nix. I believe two of the very last challengers that Blackwood defended against. Um, Cecil actually got involved in the title match last month and stopped Haley Dillon from stopping Junior Benito from winning the title. Speared her through a table. Uh, quite the quite the spot there. Um, so it was pretty back and forth um, in this matchup. Uh, Dillon got busted open pretty good. Um, the highlight of the match for sure was the the door set up in the corner and Haley Dillon attempting to spear Cecil Nix through it, but then basically just hitting a wall and falling down because Cecil Nix is significantly bigger than she is. <laughs> right. But uh, later on in the match, I think with a bit of help from Blackwood, uh, Haley Dillon did German him through the table and uh, ended up pinning him there. There you go. Good stuff. Uh, well, there you go. That's uh, C4, The Revenants. Uh, sounded like it was a hot show to start things off uh, for 2024. Again, sold out. And uh, Mustafa Ali and some great matches on the card. Sounds like uh, your overall thoughts on uh, the show itself uh, compared to other so- shows that uh, you've seen since going to uh, C4 shows. For sure. I mean, they hit it out of the park. You kind of had everything you were looking for on this card. You had your your big draw coming in. You had a hell of a championship match. A crazy spot to end the night. I think everyone was leaving talking about that. As I mentioned on the undercard, like Gringo Loco and Fuerza, really great stuff. A lot of great setup here for uh, for future shows too. I think we're going to see Brent Banks and uh, James Stone for sure down the line. I think you've already got a, a tag team title challenger there set up. And we're looking forward to seeing what other guys like London Lightning, Von Vertigo, other standouts here uh, go into next. Good stuff. And uh, next show coming up uh, next month. And a big, well, not debut, I should say, because he's been there a couple of times, but a big return. I should mention uh, AEW Santana making his way uh, to C4 next month uh, as part of uh, a number of talents as well. That's uh, showing up at C4. Yeah, for sure. So February 23rd, C4 High Tension. Always love the names that Mark comes up with. Yes, he's, he's great at that. Yes, <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, Santana's coming, and they've also got the IWTV Tag Team Champions Miracle Generation, mm-hmm. who I worked a couple of shows back. Might have been the one you were at, actually. Yes, I believe that sounds about right. I like them; they were a good tag team. So mm-hmm. should see, should be interesting to see who they're paired up against. Uh, yeah. Maybe Violence is Forever. Yeah, who knows? I like it. I can see that being a good match. I like that. Not to be confused with the uh, Miracle Violence connection, the tag team of uh, Dr. Death, Steve Williams, and Terry Gordy. Um, that would be quite the mix there. But uh, yes, uh, C4's High Tension coming out uh, next month, February 23rd, Preston Event Center. Uh, I've, I'm fairly confident you're going to be there uh, <laughs> at the next show. Uh, For sure, planning on it, yeah. Planning on it. So I don't want to put you on the spot. I mean, if if this was Lever Sage, he would say, Tanner, you're going to that next show. We all know you're going to that next show. Uh, we, we've got you locked down. Boots on the ground. We're sending you in. We'll send you in via chopper. We'll send you in via car. However, we could get you there. But uh, uh, always appreciate you uh, giving us the lowdown of what's happening at these C4 shows. Uh, I could say as somebody that's uh, used to go to a bunch of these shows now living out in Belleville, don't have the opportunity to go to every C4 show nowadays. So 
It's good to kind of, I kind of live vicariously through you when it comes to <laughs> these C4 shows to try and uh, figure out what's uh, happening and what's the latest going on in the promotion. Um, and yeah, again, it's really cool to see them sell out to start off. Uh, hopefully that continues. Obviously having a big name from AEW and Santana uh, really helps things as well. And uh, it looks like uh, it's going to be a big year for C4 uh, and a bunch of uh, Canadian wrestling talents. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they've got some already great talent on that poster for that card as well. Josh Bishop, Alexi Nicole, Miracle Generation, of course, Santana, um, McCray Martin. You got uh, Frankie the Mobster, uh, Vanessa Craven. So there's already a few C4 regulars mixed in there. I'm sure we're going to see our champion, Junior Benito, who I had uh, the chance to talk to after the show. Yeah. Super humble guy. He was great. I mean, we interviewed him here on the podcast uh, about a month ago. Yeah, so it's great to talk to him about that. He's awesome guy yeah awesome awesome night people could go back and listen to that interview uh if they want to again uh that was a really fun interview uh people got to learn more about junior and uh his journey we've got we've had him on the show a couple times over the years and it's really been cool uh to just kind of you could hear it as well just the growth uh that he's gone through as a performer as a person and uh it's really cool to hear and uh yeah, it's it's uh it's cool that uh, you guys were able to chat after the show and uh, have a nice little conversation after that. Uh, who knows? Maybe in the future we could get some other uh, independent uh, talents uh, on here, uh, not just Junior. Uh, I know there's one uh, wrestler that is threatening to beat me up uh, if he's not on the show. So uh, maybe we can uh, uh, we can. Uh, si- I I don't want to get a threat. You know what I mean? Like I'm sure it'd be entertained to you yeah. to see me get power bombed or something like that. Well, he put a good beating on the guy in the pre-show. I didn't even mention that matchup. I, I kind of walked in halfway through it, but oh, I did there see you Dexter go. Doom get the win there. I'm, I'm glad uh, you knew who I was talking about. Uh, Dexter I was kind of tempted. I saw him sitting at his merch table. I, I was tempted to ask if he wanted to record a little message for you. Yeah. You could put it, on the episode. You know, I might have to do that next time. <laughs> I, You might have to. Yeah. Just, uh, I'm sure he's got a lot to say uh, in terms of that, but uh, no, it's uh, it, maybe something to kind of keep an eye on in the future. Uh, obviously with things changing here, uh, in the scene and uh, a lot happening. And uh, we're going to talk about all that's happening uh, in WWE, AEW and new Japan. Uh, again, I mentioned earlier, we're going to talk about Okada and his leaving of new Japan on the next episode of this is wrestling plus catch up on everything else going on in AEW and WWE. Obviously the big news of Seth Rollins being injured as we record this, we have no idea what's going to happen with the world heavyweight championship. So uh, stay tuned for that. Um, but again, Tanner, I really appreciate you taking the time uh, to hop on with me here and uh, talk about this show. Uh, again, I really appreciate you being able to go to the shows and give your thoughts and analysis. And uh, again, I live vicariously through you when it comes to these C4 shows. So uh, it's good to kind of get that uh, perspective. And it is really cool to kind of hear how the uh, how C4 is doing. So uh, uh, for Tanner Ryle, I'm Zach McGibbon. We'll be back later this week with a new episode of This Is Wrestling. We'll see you then.